Welcome in to Rossi on Wrestling, the 13th episode, lucky number 13, and lucky for you, no Billy D this week. No, I'm kidding. Yes, it is a somewhat solo Rossi experience as Billy D is down in Atlanta for the Super Bowl, and uh, timing and a couple things just couldn't connect, so it will be uh, Rossi focused episode. I know, I know, the ratings are going through the roofs. The listens, just keep on clicking, folks. Share with your friends. We're going to do a majority of this episode as a Q&A. I got a lot of great questions, but I uh, also want to let you know the results from our Royal Rumble um, betting are in, so those results will be posted tomorrow or when you're hearing this, probably that day. For all the people that won money, um, obviously, coming out of the Royal Rumble, if you heard in our recap episode, it was long. It was one of the better Royal Rumble full events that there's been in a long time, but it was just a long, long night. So, um, you know, you had Becky Lynch losing to Asuka by tapping out, which I know if I was here with Billy, that would be a major, major topic. Originally, I was like, eh, no big deal. But the more it sat with me and the more I think about it, it really was dumb. She didn't even, you know, people like, oh, she should have passed out. Even that, you know what? How about she just loses like she she one two three a quick roll up or something something sneaky something that you know oscar just pulls one over on her like like a real competition instead her tapping really does make it look bad now the the issue with wwe is they'll make you forget they won't you'll never remember she tapped out because they're never going to show it that was in my estimation the reason they did it was because they wanted to say hey becky yeah you're the hottest thing in the planet but like that, we can snap you and put you right back down. It is all the power of creative and the power of the pencil and a power, more importantly, of the eraser. So I think that was kind of what we saw there. Her coming out and the way she came out in the Royal Rumble, a lot of controversy and talk around that. Why didn't she just, you know, talk to somebody? Why didn't this something happen backstage? You know, Lana limping her way out there, doing like the dragging her leg. It was a little bizarre, a little tough to watch, but... Um, it, I don't know. There, it could have been done handled maybe a little bit better. I just didn't like the whole Royal Rumble arena. I said this also in the recap episode. If you didn't hear, I thought the arena sucked. I thought the miking was terrible. I thought Arizona. In the beginning, I said don't ever go back to Phoenix or Arizona again. Then I watched Monday Night Raw and uh, SmackDown Live. Both of those crowds were hot. It had that WrestleMania or post WrestleMania crowd. It had the post-WrestleMania crowd um, feel to it. People were hot. Everybody was into it. You tell a lot of people traveled for this event. So I really like both Raw and SmackDown from a crowd perspective. A lot of stuff we can jump into with those two shows. But first, let's talk a little bit about wrestling news across the world. Obviously, the big topics. One, superstars leaving WWE. And we'll get into some of this in our Q&A. But uh, first off, official release was granted to Hideo Itami, who we just saw on the Royal Rumble kickoff show, former Kenta, changed his Twitter name back to Kenta, and it said thank you in a tweet earlier today, so he's officially heading back to Japan, all the word is, uh, all the reports are, and you know what, good for him, as you heard in my predictions for, or hopes for 2019, I wanted half of this roster to, um, you know, like Thanos snapped. Like, I want these people out of there. There's way too much talent in the WWE for, you know, them to even know what to do with. So that is a major one, him leaving. Then there's the Dean Ambrose story, and we'll get more into this. But to start, Dean Ambrose, rumors came out over the weekend that Dean Ambrose would be departing the WWE after WrestleMania 35. Then WWE released a statement, and every statement that I have seen, and I could, you know, I don't study every release. Usually, 
first of all, they never tweet them out. It's just on WWE.com, and they say, um, you know, his name's John Good. So they would say, John Good, um, known as Dean Ambrose, has been, you know, or, you know, no longer with the WWE or has been released of his contract. We wish him the best in his future endeavors. That is like a standardized corporate line that you see from WWE from Drew McIntyre in the past um, to uh, Sin Cara in the past. All these different people that have been released or even, I'm trying to think, there hasn't been a lot of recent release. Oh, um, Emma, she was released last year. Like when you see these releases, it is a standardized form in the way they do it, even for NXT. This one came out in a tweet directed from WWE and said, we hope that he will return in the future. They've never ever said that publicly so that makes me go hmm what's going on here but before we get into the speculation of it the first thing i will say if dean ambrose truly is leaving the company good for him he's doing it on his own terms the alleged deal was the was wanted him to, they wwe wanted him to sign a five-year contract worth over seven figures and for you that don't know we're not putting the the decimal before a million so we're talking about a guy that could be making millions of dollars each year and the reason why and people don't get this people have their thoughts on dean ambers always this always that there's no great wwe characters anymore okay there just isn't i enjoy the wwe product probably more than most but there isn't the great standout characters. I've always enjoyed the Dean Ambrose character, the Dean Ambrose story. I thought him turning heel at the time that he did was great. What they did from it from there has kind of fallen flat. And yes, you can say, oh, we point at, you know, oh, Dean Ambrose himself. But Dean Ambrose turning heel on Seth Rollins on the night that, that Roman Reigns reveals his real name on television, saying he's battling leukemia, was a great move. What they did from there was ridiculous. He somehow then turned into a bizarro Bane dash like nervous character about the health because every WWE fan was like poison and scum. Like that was not the point of why he turned on Seth Rollins. The story could have easily just been I turned on Seth Rollins at a time when he needed me most because he turned on me when I needed him. When we needed him. When we were at our strongest. And they showed the old clip. So that it actually gives you a depth of character with Dean Ambrose. Someone that you could actually say, you know what? I agree with him. That's the best part. If you watch any of these Marvel films, which I'm sure you do because they've sold millions and millions of dollars box office to the roof. You look at a Thanos character, one of the biggest heels now in television, and um, you know, even or even a Joker to a degree. Those are characters that you can see the reason why they do what they do. You may not agree with it. How about Two-Face? You can you see these characters, you go. Yeah. You see these characters and you say to yourself, you know what? I kind of understand why they do it i don't have to like it but i understand it you may like the character on the other end of it the avengers the batmans the supermans the spider-mans whoever you may like them better but you understand the villain that's what makes villains great not a bad guy that's just stupid and just does you know really corny things like where's a gas mask and calls out the fan base like that is not it and that is what dean dean ambrose should have never been casted in so i understand his frustration if this is all due to creativity and the creative and the direction of his character and as they said some of the hokey stuff that is wwe's biggest fall they do too much hokey stuff and there's a lot of great heels there are we don't want to give them credit and it's tough on this podcast me and billy we, we try but like there's just so much wrestling and there's not a lot of time to develop some of these heels or faces but i think dean ambrose has been one of the better characters in a long time and come wwe
call me crazy, say, oh, no, you're ridiculous. No, this guy or that guy. Becky Lynch. It's Be-. I get it. Becky Lynch has been going for about six months. Dean Ambrose has been one of the more important figures in WWE for over eight years. Like, it's been a long time. He was the guy when they were trying to bring up to go against Mick Foley. He was in a Twitter battle before Twitter battles were cool with Mick Foley. If Mick Foley didn't need to get back surgery, that's how Dean Ambrose was going to debut. Then when he does debut with The Shield, you know what he does? He comes out and makes one of the biggest impacts in wrestling history for a team to just come in during a championship match when CM Punk is hot. John Cena is one of the most, you know, questionable, you know, big guys in the company. And Ryback, who's got this kind of push going on behind him, they interrupt a match like that to show that they are the dominant ones. They are these guys like, who are they? They just made an impact from day one. Then, as I already explained, they come the split. Dean Ambrose was the guy you wanted to see succeed. You already knew the writing on the wall with Roman Reigns. Everyone felt it. He was the look. He was the guy WWE's always went with. So Dean Ambrose had this feel of the guy that you wanted to go with. He had this feel of a guy that like just seemed a little more authentic, a little more of what the fans are like. He didn't have a overly attractive look. He didn't have a clean look. He didn't talk a certain way. He had like a very unique way about him. Everything about that character once he launched into his own solo career when the shield broke up, especially with that feud with Seth Rollins, who was a worthy heel, who you saw the reasons why he turned on the shield because he wanted the fast track to the top. This is why Dean Ambrose, I think in that early stages was so over and was so, everybody was, you know, pulling for him. And, you know, he had a great feud with with Seth Rollins that somehow spiraled into Bray Wyatt and things going on and on from there. I could talk about Dean Ambrose all day. I think if Dean Ambrose does step away officially, which we'll get to again in this Q&A, I think there will be an episode of Rossi on Wrestling on the career of Dean Ambrose in WWE because it is a fascinating one, one I'm super passionate about, one I'm very behind, and I think he was, and everyone wants to compare things to Stone Cold, but I will say he was as close to the working class hero WWE superstar that they needed, that they made a mistake with, that they sabotaged, in my opinion, but that is a, a story for another day, but I think, you know, there's plenty of news, plenty of things going out there in the world of wrestling, but... Um, I actually brought my wife in here because you don't want to just hear my voice forever. And you know, you said to me earlier, you know, we were just talking about this. Now, what are your thoughts on Dean Ambrose saying he's going to leave? Like, what do you think the reasoning is? I wasn't really that shocked when really? you showed me that post. Yeah. And just a couple of things. You know, you mentioned, you know, how he's been doing this for all the years that he's been doing this. And, you know, didn't always in the beginning have that look and speak that certain way. Um, But I feel like there's sort of like a few months ago was like a resurgence behind him a little bit. I mean, yeah, he was doing those like promos in the dark KG areas, which seemed in... Him and Nikki Cross were like tag teaming. Yeah, oh, that psychopath. But I feel like he emerged and he looked... I know, all right, this is like a female perspective right now. But he looked... Or, or looks, I shouldn't talk about him like he's he's dead, um, but he looks really good. Yeah. I mean, he looks healthier, he's built more. I mean, I found him a, a hell of a lot more attractive um, over the past couple of months. But with the push with Seth Rollins, and I, I just felt like he was being pushed down. And, and not being uh, not being focused on as much. Oh, little little uh, Desmond uh, arrival here. So I don't know. I wasn't exactly that shocked hearing that. I mean, a couple of things like I'm the first thing I think of is 
what's going to happen with you know what's Renee's standpoint? Well, that's on a great this, that's a right? great point because they are married. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, that is something that I think will play into this. But this happened with CM Punk and AJ Lee. CM Punk oh. kind of had of a, you know, he quit on WWE the day, uh, basically the night of Royal Rumble, the day after the Royal Rumble 2013. And then he, you know, AJ Lee stayed in the company for another year plus until mm. her eventual departure. So it could be something like that. But we'll see. I think that. But Renee is doing so well. She so is. I she, she's got herself. I don't see her leaving. You know, but you never know. You say that now, but you never know. And to be honest, if she did leave, I think she has a very bright future in any form of broadcasting. Mm. So I think it's all about where these people want to go and how authentic this is. But I, I put out a, a tweet about this episode saying there'll be a big Q&A. One of the first questions I was asked was, what do you see for some uh, WrestleMania matches? And this is before this report officially came out. So I, put a, I made a note of some of the, the card I would put together. I have Seth versus Lesnar. Brian versus Cena. I think that would be an excellent way to kind of have a return match uh, of their SummerSlam classic a couple years ago. Dean Ambrose versus Triple H. Because when those two were in the ring together on Monday Night Raw, it was electric. It, it, it felt real. It felt good. It felt like, ooh, something fresh, something different, something WWE's been kind of promising us. I have Becky versus Ronda. Charlotte versus Asuka. By the way, that Becky versus Ronda headlined the event. It's time. Uh, Charlotte versus Asuka in a return match from last year in a role reverse. Mm. Last year was Asuka going in undefeated to challenge Charlotte. This year could be Charlotte going in to challenge Asuka. Uh, then we, I also put Elias versus Jeff Jarrett. WWE's kind of oddly dropped the ball, I think, with Elias as well. And this, the stuff he's done with Jeff Jarrett over the past week has been excellent. I would like to see Jeff Jarrett maybe get away for a little bit, come back, because Elias, to me, he just does nothing in the ring. If you put him in one of those legend-style matches, this could be a three-minute match for all I care. I just think that kind of spectacle would be great, especially with the road dog being the corner of Jeff Jarrett. I also have Shane versus The Miz because I just think that's eventually going to happen and something I wouldn't mind seeing to get Miz to be like a dick heel again. And then also I had the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, Women's Battle Royal, and I didn't really go much further from there because when we start going down the, the rabbit hole of the 17 matches, if I were to be honest, that's all I want from WrestleMania. That's it, I'm going to WrestleMania. Din, we're going to WrestleMania. Oh, I... I would we wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, I'm, but I'm telling you. <laughs> well, in a different climate. Well, yes. That, okay. Why couldn't this be in Arizona? But yeah, it's in in MetLife. But I want the. I, I just there's so many matches sometimes because they have to pay everybody to get them in. Do three ro- battle royals before the event for all I care. Tag team, a, a singles, a women's tag team, a women's singles. I don't want to like. There's too many titles, too much stuff going on. It frustrates me. I didn't hear you mention Sasha Banks. I didn't put Sasha Banks on there. She could be in the Battle Royal. Oh, I want the okay. cream of the crop. Listen, you did, but what about let's in the re- Royal Rumble? What about that? Her match that, with, her match. with Ronda Rousey, the match of the week. Yeah, she, she, like people are gonna go with Johnny Gargano versus Ricochet. If you want just a flip floppy, awesome, fun match to watch, that's it. The best match I thought from like a drama and execution standpoint was Ronda versus Sasha. I'm guessing Sasha and Bayley will be challenging somebody for the women tag team titles. Mm -hmm. I think they're not going to win it at um, Elimination Chamber. I'm going to say maybe maybe a Nia and uh, uh, Tamina just to have like Mm -hmm. a big worthy challenge. Even though Nia's kind of turning face right now with this whole thing after she went in the Rumble. Like people are hot on Nia again. Mm -hmm. Um... I don't know exactly. Or they could go Riot Squad, give them a little boost, get them in a WrestleMania match. But I just think it's so funny. Next week's qualifying match is Sasha Banks and Bayley versus Nikki Cross and Alicia Fox. I think we know who's going to win that one. Uh. 
to get into that elimination chamber. But um, yeah, Alicia I didn't have the Fox just yeah, just, just there. Yeah, just uh, there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know. There, there's plenty of stuff we can go to, but let, let's jump into some Q and A. So I got a ton of tons of tweets today. Um, I guess the first one will go to Uncle Buck. He tweeted, um, he saw Evil Vegan was one of the best signs of 2009 so far <laughs> with Daniel Bryan. Is he the best heel since who? Also, the belt collecting community is going to go apeshit after last night. Yes, Daniel Bryan debuted a new hemp WWE Championship belt, which is an awesome move. Oh, I, I missed that. Yeah, you were sleeping. Okay. No, you weren't. I was watching <laughs> on my own. Hemp? But- yeah, so he's doing the whole reusable. He's so earthy, crunchy, and it's great and, though. It's great for this reason because yeah. you kind of it's kind of aggravates you. Doesn't and he it? had a cardigan on. Yeah, is that new? The cardigan yeah, everything. too. This whole oh, thing, wow. his whole look. He's okay. fine. This is who Daniel Bryan kind of really is, but I don't think he's as pushy as as uh, this character is. But uh, okay. I guess the first one is: is he the best heel since who? It, it's tough for me. I, I enjoy a lot of different heels, and if we're gonna go with WWE main roster heels, like. I want to say this could be because he's going to get under your skin. So this could be the best since Seth Rollins post WrestleMania 31. That Seth Rollins with the championship was annoying. I was dying to see who he's going to lose to. Eventually, he just got injured. Um, so I, I, I guess I'd have to go there. That Seth Rollins post WrestleMania 31 heel. Um, Big Ra- uh, it's from our guy Shime Time. Big Rollins guy here. Any chance he has a legitimate shot to take the belt at Mania? Second, I'm even going to get the. Are we ever going to get Demon Balor versus Rollins title fight rematch I've wanted for so long? First off, I think you 100% are going to get Lesnar versus Rollins. Um, I think Seth Rollins is winning the match. I think WWE is going to go full court behind Seth Rollins right now. Oh, yeah. I think he's going to take what people will say the Roman Reigns role is, but I think he's going to do it better. I think the fans, he's a little more organic. I think if they treat him correctly over the next we basically have like seven weeks to get to wrestlemania uh i'm sorry we might actually have more we have just under we have like nine weeks to get to wrestlemania i think you have an opportunity to really um you know get the fans behind him and do some really great things with seth rollins and going forward as a true baby face you want to see continue to win he did a great job last night Oh, on, he was, on it was very emotional. Yeah, he was like, like his crying. delivery. He was it was well, very we actually saw the authentic. Sign. And then Triple H came on, yep. and he was now maybe he was acting a little bit, but I think he was emotional too. Well, I think they, I, I they realized the moment. I think like we have to realize yeah. sometimes as fans, yes, these guys are portraying characters. Just like I work on radio, when I'm given opportunities, I don't sit there and cry. But there is an emotional good feel when mm. it's like here's something we believe in you to do. Right. Like there is nothing more motivating than when somebody comes to you and says. Like, when Seth Rollins was told, we're giving you the WrestleMania shot. Like, he, you know that hits him because this is a huge opportunity. This is what they go to work for every day. Right. And so I think, and then having Triple H assist in those problems. Like, people complain about it. Like, when Finn Balor won the number one contenders match and had John Cena kind of promote him. He was like, oh, he shouldn't, he doesn't need John Cena to do that. It's not about needing. It's about how WWE views them and, and what we're watching. It's like, that's how it works. Like, they're giving them a rub. And I think Triple H, right now in his, like, beloved stage where he's, like, the NXT guy, not a WWE ring competitor, people love him. And and to see that stuff was great. And then even having the addition of Dean Ambrose to kind of sprinkle in there. Also, he said, are we ever going to get the Demon King versus Rollins title fight we never got? To be honest, I think that is something you might see. If Seth Rollins wins this title and goes on a run, I could see this being a SummerSlam main event of Balor, Demon Balor versus Rollins, and maybe Demon Balor needs to turn heel. Uh, they need to do some more compelling stuff with uh, with Finn Balor, and I think you know his match with Brock Lesnar was excellent. He needs some more edge to him. Maybe not be such a white meat babyface. Maybe kind of be a prick. 
Um, I think we, we think about if you lost to somebody, how would you act the next day? Not gracious, not thankful. You'd be angry. You'd be like, I was this close. Mm. I know I almost did. I was this close. What do I have to do to get over the edge? Kind of like what they did with Daniel Bryan when he turned heel. But I would love to see that. I think you will see that. Who do you think the best tag this is from a uh, backcracker, Dr. Joe? Who do you think the best tag teams are going right now? And who do you want to have the straps? I'll go, we'll get to the next thing after. So for me, the best tag teams going right now in WWE are the Usos, the New Day, the Bar, the Revival. That's a lot. That's four teams. That's probably off the top of my head who I would say are the best going because they're believable. I want to see them in the ring. Every time they go out there, it's nothing but good stuff. I also will say Chad Gable and Bobby Roode have kind of won me over wearing the same gear. I just hate them both doing glorious. It's just a little bizarre. But I would say those are the best teams going. I would like to say Sanity, but I haven't seen them. I'd like to say AOP, but I think, again, WWE just doesn't like to book big, strong tag teams anymore. And Heavy Machinery, I'd love to see what they got going. Also, any predictions on the winner of the first female tag team champions? I, it's going to be tough, but I really think – I'm guessing Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, who I'd actually really like to see get it. So I'm actually – that's who I'm going to go with. I'm going to go Sonya Deville, Mandy Rose. I think Mandy Rose's recent heel work with the um, Naomi Uso storyline has really put a lot of spotlight on her character. I think Sonya Deville is just an underrated badass character that they're just not using, which I understand you can't use everybody, but I like her in-ring style. I like her look. Um, I could see them winning at Elimination Chamber and then being challenged by Sasha and Bailey at uh, mm. WrestleMania. Um, and you can ask as many questions you want, Doug Joe. What the bleep is going on right now with WWE? Why why is everyone asking for their release? It says, I'll hang up and listen. That's, a, that's an inside radio joke. <laughs> uh, first of all, why is everyone asking for their release? Because they see the light at the end of the tunnel. There are other companies with mm. money out there. These guys, Cody Rhodes is now a, a partner for all elite wrestling that is debuting you want to be you don't want to be the guy who comes in a year later you want to be the guy that's on the ground floor so that's why chris jericho's over there chris jericho's talking to guys from wwe even though he put out a tweet the other night after royal rumble telling tweeted at ring of honor at impact and at wwe we don't want your guys there's only six or eight of them that we have our eye on he said oh so Maybe Dean Ambrose is one of those guys. Maybe Kenta was one of those guys. You don't know. Those guys are so smart. Cody Rhodes is, is, is a brilliant businessman. He knows exactly what he wants to do and who, exactly who he wants to go after and when he can. You don't think you don't think there's a reason Finn Balor got a title match as soon as like the Bullet Club guys all are going to a new company? You don't think there's a reason why you see Zack Ryder on television in a tag team out of nowhere when he's one of known best friends with Cody Rhodes? You don't think there's a reason that Marty Skrull and Ring of Honor now has his own kind of bullet club faction? They're pushing him and making him a top guy when he sees all of his former club mates going and building their own company? There's reasons these companies aren't dumb. We have to look at that and notice that Zack Ryder hadn't been on television for half a year and hadn't been used in a storyline and beyond that time. Since like Mojo Raleigh and people didn't even care about that and that was like a year and a half ago. Beyond that, it was WrestleMania 33. That was like two, almost two years ago. So you have to realize they know what they're doing they, you will not see these guys just slip away. Uh, but that's the reason why you're seeing these guys want to leave. They know they can go out there. Like if Dean Ambrose is really leaving, maybe he wants to go to one of these companies. Maybe he just wants to chill out for a little while. Who knows? But I'll tell you one thing, uh, real quick on that Dean Ambrose thing. He, him leaving, he was injured for the longest time in his whole entire career. He never been missed a live show for WWE his entire run until um, right before WrestleMania last year. So think about that. All that time away, all that training, all that thinking, coming back and not feeling that great, you're done. Uh, someone did ask um, one of the jobber knockers, JC, 
uh, the Maharaja, should I say. Mm-hmm. He said, the Dean Ambrose thing screams a work to me. Would love to hear what you guys think. This new era contracts being uh, the forefront is fascinating. Um, yeah, contracts like kind of see maybe being talked about more. Um, I think it could be a work. Here's the reason why. Mm-hmm. WWE needs to grab headlines. Needs to do something big. Needs to do something shocking. Now, I have Dean Ambrose versus Triple H as my WrestleMania match. Now, it is... January, the end of January, we have all this time, and they are telling you Dean Ambrose is leaving before WrestleMania, right after WrestleMania. So if he's on your television at all over the next few weeks, it makes no sense. Well, wait, he's leaving after, after WrestleMania. That's when his contract expires. Oh, I thought this was immediate. No, he didn't ask for his release. Oh. He just told, informed them he would not be renewing his contract. Oh, okay. That I I didn't know that detail. So think about that. There's no if he's on your television going forward. That, that means there's got to be something to it. And WWE, again, mm. like I said to start this podcast, has never put out a release like that. Has never said we wish yeah. for him to return in the future. He is so built into their bigger plans with the Shield and all these guys, especially if Seth Rollins is going to get a push. Like, if he goes, they can't talk about the Shield anymore. Like, what are you going to say? Oh, that guy who left? Like, unless they're smart and they go back to, like, the days when they just admitted, like, the reality of things. Um, they can do that, but I, you know the way Vince usually works. Once you leave the universe, you're not a part of it anymore. So um, I do think this could be a work, though, and this could lead to a really big match with him and Triple H at WrestleMania, which I think would be awesome, kind of CM Punk style. That was the whole thing. CM Punk came out and did the pipe bomb, said my contract expires. I'm leaving with that WWE championship. Mm. So maybe Dean Ambrose says, I'm going to leave, but before I do, I want to face the CEO, the guy who pulls the strings behind here. And then you could have an excellent match. Like, I know there's the rumors of Batista, but I want something juicy, something bigger, something greater. Imagine Dean Ambrose, Triple H, where Dean Ambrose is calling all the shots, saying, like, he knows who he, who he wants back there, and he never wanted me. Something like that. Like, oh, it would be so good. So I could see it being a work. Most under... From uh, Dan Pelletier, I think I'm saying that right. Most underrated today. Ooh. Most underrated today. Mm-hmm. In all of wrestling? I'll go with WWE first. Um... When I look at the roster and I think about who is just underrated, to me, it might be Apollo. Uh, Apollo's one of those guys that we're starting to see a little bit more. And don't forget, there's another guy you're just starting to see more of. Like, you don't think he would want to leave? But anyways, I think he might be one of those underrated guys. If given the right character, he might be able to really turn some heads. He's great in the ring. He gets people to really, uh, you know, get behind him. Also, actually, no, most, I'm sorry, I got it. Most underrated today is Luke Harper. But uh, you also asked most overrated today. Overrated. Might. It's tough. It is tough because I think they're in such a good place right now. For me. Doing a quick. No, Shane. I'm. You know what? Shane's not a bad one, but I think Shane. He he does a lot of crazy things. He does do a lot of crazy. Like he 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 brings it when it needs. I just don't think he needs to be out there. Um. Overrated is kind of tough for me. I'm not. You know what? Most overrated might be Braun Strowman. Uh, I really like him, but I don't see he never gets that next spot. And honestly, this is a tough one. A little bit overrated just because of everyone's hype. The character's great, but Becky Lynch in the ring. I haven't seen it in a while. Becky Lynch had a terrible match, I think, against Asuka. And Ugh. you know, I just she seemed bored. Yeah, it just seemed like she. I know you don't like that word. No, I don't. Bored, but, but that's okay. I, I'm sorry. But I don't she, like a lot of words. <laughs> she really did not seem into it at all. And then do you think it's better storytelling if everyone has to qualify for the Royal Rumble instead of just declaring? Should the top title singles and tags be unified? First off, I think everything should be qualified for or give a reason why people are, like, announced. Now they're doing this whole thing where there's no GMs. So just have Vince or Shane or Stephanie or Triple H or the four of them all start saying why these people are in and why these people have to fight for their way in. Like, 
make it so we know. Like when people make the Pro Bowl or people make the playoffs, there's a reason why that happens due to victories, due to voting, due to fans. Do a fan vote. How about that, WWE? Open up your eyes. Like, you have a fan base with millions of Twitter follows, all these social media followings. What if you said, we're going to put a vote of six superstars, random, who you who do you want to see get in? And we'll see if they get in there. You let one vote go in. But I do think everyone should qualify for everything. I don't like just granted spots. Or unless you say, hey, at TLC, Braun Strowman had a great performance. He gets in the Royal Rumble. And should the top titles be tag and singles be unified? 100% yes. All these titles are ridiculous. We're adding titles left and right. We're adding a women's tag team title. We have this. It's like, okay, we could run just a Night of Champions pay-per-view right now, and it will be as long as the Royal Rumble because there's so many titles out there. If you get, get one men's title, the way you do it is the title floats from SmackDown to Raw. And this is something they're going to have to figure out come uh, this Foxdale and the end of the year because right now you have Daniel Bryan and Seth Rollins as champions. So that's great. But... It just adds to more cards, adds to deeper things. All you have to do is if Seth, so I'm not Seth Rollins is your champion, I'm sorry, Brock Lesnar. If Brock Lesnar's your champion right now, let's take it backwards, not the Royal Rumble at, but Seth Rollins and Daniel Bryan then have to fight each other to see who's the number one contender. You can do really compelling storylines where every match counts. So you want to have then Brock Lesnar against Finn Balor at the Royal Rumble, and the next number one contender is a SmackDown match between AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. So then Daniel Bryan wins, let's say. So then Daniel Bryan faces Brock Lesnar, and then there's another number one contenders match happening on Raw. You just ping-pong it back and forth, make it compelling, make the stories matter, and make your GMs actually like fight for people and say, hey, listen, I think you're great, but you have to win this match to get in. Um, so I think, yeah, absolutely. You do that same thing with tag team titles. You could have your cards actually matter. Like, realistically, if it isn't a title match, does do matches really matter? Wins or losses? No. They need to change that, and I think that's a great way to do so. Um, theoretically, Shawn Michaels, this is from Brian Lehman. Theoretically, Shawn Michaels decides to come back for one final match against a rising star from today's roster. Can be main roster or NXT. Who do you think would be the best choice for his opponent? Tommaso Ciampa. Mm. You need it to be against a heel? I almost want to say Johnny Gargano, but I almost think I'd rather Tommaso Ciampa. I'd rather a guy that could use that, like, really, like, who's a real future, future big-time player. And I think Tommaso Ciampa has done that for the NXT roster. If it had to be somebody from the main roster, uh, it's just, I know you said Rising Star, so I got to go with somebody younger, someone that has a lot of future in them, someone like Drew McIntyre. I think that would be good. I think he's getting better on the mic. I think I'd like to see him. I personally don't want to see Shawn Michaels in the ring again, but I think those are the two options. And again, you could spice in a Johnny Gargano. Who? This is from Mark C. Who do you prefer Rollins to challenge, Brian or Brock? So that's a good question. It's going to be Brock, clearly, because they already set up a matchup for Daniel Bryan, which I'll get to in a second. But I want it to be Daniel Bryan. Here's why. I think the obviously he's going to go from King Slayer to Beast Slayer, which is going to be great, great story. When I first went, we, my wife and I, Din here, when we first purchased our WrestleMania tickets, the first WrestleMania I was attending was WrestleMania 32. You per, We purchased that package in November prior to, or maybe even October that year. Mm. Um, and at the time, Seth Rollins was your champion, and Daniel Bryan was like re- in and out with injury. Like we hadn't seen him in a while. And my hope was that we were going to have a Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan main event, WrestleMania 32 in front of the biggest crowd for a wrestling main event. Like two guys that have kicked ass all over the place and you have the authority, Daniel Bryan returning, maybe come back win the Rumble. In the meantime, since that happened, the couple uh, weeks after that, uh, Seth Rollins as champion tore his ACL, wasn't at WrestleMania. 
Daniel Bryan a few months later, retired. Wasn't at WrestleMania. We got Triple H versus Roman Reigns. So there's that. That's why I've always wanted to see a Seth versus Bryan match. The story's just better to go after Brock Lesnar. No one's dethroned him. If Finn Balor were to have won and beat Brock Lesnar, I would have liked to see him go after Bryan because I think that would just be the match to end all matches. Bryan versus Seth Rollins, two guys that I think when they bring it, there's maybe some guys that can't even come close to them. Uh, there's another one, something I haven't heard from anyone mentioned yet. It's also from Mark. What the... Oh, no, this is where he said asking for their releases. Uh, let's see. Let me find another question here. Um, is anyone terrified that NXT talent will be wasted? This is from Wesley from the Boxers. Coming up to the main roster, and is their Velveteen Dream stuff a work? So first off, the Velveteen Dream stuff is him potentially discussing about how he, you know, if they want him to have a contract, like, they have to come talk to him. First of all, yes, it's a work. I think he'll play out on NXT television. He's a part of Halftime Heat this coming Sunday. So at halftime of Super Bowl, don't watch crappy Maroon 5. Pop on your WWE Network, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and watch mm. Ricochet team with Adam Cole. Babe, uh, is it Adam Cole on their team? No, it's Ricochet... Um, Alistair Black in Velveteen Dream versus Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, and Tommaso Ciampa. So watch that. Um, but yes, there is a fear of the NXT guys coming up and being, you know, not treated well. Because look at the track record. Name me the best NXT guy, like actual NXT person, to come up and be successful. Kevin Owens has had a really good run. But other than that, these guys have gone up and down, up and down, or just down, flat, boring, like not getting the job done because they're not giving storylines. There's been no plan. I have a good op- I have a good feeling for all these new people that are coming in from Lacey Evans, Nikki Cross, EC3, the Heavy Machinery, Lars Sullivan, if we ever see him, because they're doing these hype packages and they're teasing it over time, which that's what we need. Don't rush these people up. Don't just throw them in matches to throw them in matches. Give us time to see who they are and then place them in a proper storyline. Um... I'm always afraid that they're going to screw up NXT talent because they do. Uh, Samoa Joe should be the Raw champ, not this dipshit Lesnar. Can Brock hurry up and get the roids out of his system and get back to the UFC already? It's not really a question, but I think Samoa Joe is a guy that I'm, I'm, I just think his age, his look, I think they kind of, the, 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 I don't want to say the, it's past him at this point because I don't know if that's true, but I think he, Randy Orton, and some of these guys over on SmackDown are really good at being just bad guys and heels that you want to see in good matches that don't need titles. I think Samoa Joe versus Mustafa Ali would be just a great, you know, back and forth feud. I think, you know, what, what the work Randy Orton did with Jeff Hardy, like I didn't need titles in big spots. I don't need these big guys to have these titles. I just need them being good compelling storylines and I think we've seen that. Not sure if you commented on this before, but what are your thoughts on the internet championship belt where the champ has to defend in defend it on one of the streaming platforms every single week? Love it. Mm. That you know they're doing this halftime heat thing. They're you know first of all I complained about too many belts. Now we're gonna add an internet championship belt. But here's the reason why you can do it where you know maybe you see interesting matchups by lower card guys from you know uh, Kurt Hawkins, a Zack Ryder, the Revival guys, um, you know Mojo Raleigh, guys that you just don't see on television. Our truth. He's now the U.S. champion, so he's a bad example. But like Rusev, just people that you know your audience likes. Put them in an internet championship thing where yeah maybe it's. You stream. Maybe you, it also involves 205 Live. It involves NXT. It involves NXT UK. When these people are around, why not throw them in matches? So every week, there is just a live streamed match or quote-unquote live, and you have these guys fight. Like, how great would it be if you saw, you know, let's just use a Johnny Gargano versus, 
mm, Apollo. Like, that match would be excellent. And if you know, oh, it's for this internet title that isn't on television but can be promoted on all their networks, mm. people are on their phones and tablets and laptops all day long. Maybe that's the platform where people can vote. There you go. Right? That idea that you brought up earlier. It's not on the network. It's not on, you know, TV. So that's where you could tie that in. I think that's See, there you go. It just involve your audience more and make them mm. feel more connected. That's half of it. Uh, right here we got a bunch of people going through um, like just complaints about stuff. Some people saying they're out on Raw. If the Kingslayer, let's see, is there any more actual question? Michael Cole. Ch- 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 let's see. Let's see if there's anything else here. Uh, Dudley Boy. There's just a big conversation going on my Twitter feed about stuff. So I think that might wrap it up for the actual Q&A of it. I did want to mention uh, a frustration I have with Elimination Chamber. So clearly Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins is the match, and that's who Seth Rollins wants to go after. So Daniel Bryan's title is up for grabs. He debuts the new hemp title, thought it was great. Then they did this thing on SmackDown where just guys are just coming out the usual, like, hey, I want to interfere with this. So you had AJ Styles, Randy Orton, Jeff Hardy, Mustafa Ali, and Samoa Joe all come out. Triple H goes on the green uh, the green screen because he was behind a green or in front of a green screen and says that's going to be a match at Elimination Chamber for Daniel Bryan's title. For no reason whatsoever should Daniel Bryan be in that match. They should have added somebody else. I don't care who it is. The Elimination Chamber should be a server for a number one contendership because no one else deserved a title match because no one won the Royal Rumble from SmackDown. So SmackDown should get the Elimination Chamber match. So put those five guys is great. Then add a spice. Add somebody else. You pick who you want because I just think they missed the boat there. Like, don't put Daniel... Because you don't want Daniel Bryan to lose the title at Elimination Chamber. He just debuted a title belt. Are they really going to drop it there? And if they do, I don't like that story. So he's going to drop the title to then what? Either get it back at Fastlane? Like, the way they could have easily done this, just add a sixth guy. Daniel Bryan doesn't fight at Extreme at uh, Elimination Chamber. And then you can do something creative. And I think Fastlane should just be one of those... I don't want to say the word throwaway, but a creative storyline. Like, I right now, would, if I'm paying to see Fastlane, I want the two champions to, te- to team up against the two number one contenders. So let's say it's Daniel Bryan and Brock Lesnar on a team against, we'll say, Seth Rollins and the number one, and John Cena, if that's the way the story goes. Like, give me matches like that, unique things. That's what a lot of stuff in New Japan does because, A, it saves your wrestlers, it saves your matchups, it saves a lot of things. So I think that's one thing I would be really interested, but I just don't like the title belt being up for grabs. They, last year, the winner of the Royal Rumble was Shinsuke Nakamura. He was going up against AJ Styles, so you know what they did at Elimination Chamber? The Raw guys all fought to fight Brock Lesnar, and Roman Reigns won that, but nonetheless, that, that's my thoughts on that. So uh, this was uh, this was fun. I appreciate all the, the questions, the thoughts, um, people listening to the show. Don't forget if you uh, remember to follow me and Billy D at Jason D. Rossi at Billy D2411. Um, Dan, you're not a Twitter person. No. All right. So uh, <laughs> that's all we got but from But Instagram. Yeah. Oh, we, okay. And that's Miss Din 85 Yeah. M-S-D-I-N-8-5. You're going to get maybe one. Maybe one follow from <laughs> If you made it this far. So, um, but before um, we go, we did want to say one thing between for us. We're probably, we're looking at, I don't know when the Academy Awards are, but um, we, yeah. we're going to watch all the movies. We'll do oh, uh, do another yeah. dork thing. We need we need a like a challenge or yeah. a project. So we're gonna watch all of those. The only ones I think I've seen is Black Panther out of the nominated ones. We saw Black Panther, but we haven't seen any of the others. What are some of the others? Uh, I, Roma, I'm oblivious. I have Black no idea. Klansman. Oh, uh, wow. I'm I'm just like living under a rock. Yeah. Well, we'll get you out of I, that rock. Yeah, I need to 
Yeah, I need to see the light. So we'll do that. Um, that'll be coming up. If you have made it this far in this podcast, which I appreciate if you had, please post a GIF of your favorite zoo animal. All right, Ooh, that's we're going to start doing oh, see if people listen. a zoo animal. Yeah. Huh. So just tweet at Jason D. Rossi with your favorite zoo animal. But anyways, thanks for listening. I'm not even going to give you a match of the pod. This one's just been more strictly for – actually, you know what? Here's my match of the pod. Go watch that Ronda Rousey-Sasha Banks match oh, again from so the Royal good. Rumble. The, I love the Royal so Rumble. Good. I gave it four and, a, four and a half out of six stars. And I know people didn't like it because of the length. But if you take it – and I know we got criticized from Keith on the air this week – if you take it a la carte, and I know it's not a la carte, but if you take it and you just look at each match, dip, like watch two matches one day, this match another day, mm-hmm. it was excellent. It was really good. Even Dale Bryan versus AJ Styles, it was just a bad spot, and the crowd wasn't looking for a match like that at that time. I get it, but that's what wrestling is. It's variety. It's different things all the time. It doesn't make it good, bad, or in between. It just, it just screamed, it was a good match. That's all. It wasn't a great match. It wasn't their best match. It was a good match. Um, so, I, yeah, but I do suggest you go check out that um, Ronda Rousey-Sasha Banks match because it just proves, again, how good Sasha Banks really, really is and how good Ronda Rousey is. And she doesn't have bad matches. She just doesn't. She doesn't have great opponents all the time. But Sasha Banks brought it. Ronda brought it. It was just a match I will go back to see over mm-hmm. and over again. And that is a definition of what the women's evolution really is all about. So that'll be that'll do it for us. I want to thank my wife for stepping in and kind of falling asleep while talking with me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want Thanks to th- for inviting me and yeah. I did not fall asleep. Yeah, and- you get sleepy though. You well, always fall asleep I during mean, the podcast. No, I'm relaxed. I don't know. Do people listen to this and fall asleep? Is this like people's go to bed stuff? No. You listen to this when you're stuck in traffic, you know, you're driving in the car. You know, you know maybe not with the family. Is that what you're saying? People don't just you know, gather around kids. We're listening to Rossi on wrestling? No. All right. Not yet. All right. Well, thanks again for listening. <laughs> we appreciate it. And we'll be back next week with some more goodies on the wrestling world. <laughs>